Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hello. Today, I'm joined by Cody from the Queeks podcast, who talks about how something that might be a traumatic experience for one person might be completely forgotten by another. And how most of the time, we don't get to choose our most formative moments. It was a trial by fire, and by fire, I mean dick. You're listening to Probably True. Please be aware that this podcast may contain strong language and adult themes. It would be boring without them. So I was in college, and I was very freshly sort of almost kind of out of the closet. It was, I didn't do a big stepping out of the closet like some people do an announcement or a big sit-down intervention. I kind of mentioned to a handful of friends as an aside, like, oh, I am gay. Just in conversation, like, oh, that guy looks hot. And then looking at them, making sure they've registered what I said and can clock that I'm gay. So... I'd done that with a good amount of my friends, none of my family, and then it it wasn't out there on like social media or anything, or random associates wouldn't have known. So I dove headfirst into the pool by saying, before I said anything to anyone, like, I need to make sure that this is actually who I am. So I went on Grindr and found a person, and we did that. It was not a successful hookup in the conventional sense at all, in any way. It, nothing worked. It didn't. It was all bad. But he was nice. And that's that's really what was important at the time. So good. Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Maybe not the best idea, but it turned out fine. Uh, he was actually very sweet. But this isn't about him. Uh, this is actually the guy that I first almost went on a date with. After I'd had that first grinder foray, I downloaded Tinder. All of this happened online because I was not prepared to meet people in person just off the bat. So went on Tinder, had a few hits and misses, and met someone that I really got along with. Uh, his name was Todd. It wasn't, but that's what I'm calling him. We both lived on campus at school, and we chatted quite a bit, I think. I seem to remember it was one of those where you all of a sudden are talking all the time, having like one nonstop conversation that sort of continues through that you just pick it up when you wake up in the morning and it's one of those situations. Those those are all, always feel really good where you feel like you're not having to engage in a conversation, you're just talking nonstop. After a bit of that, we decided to hang out and I think just, you know, after dinner-ish, one day I went to his dorm to hang out and not really knowing what to expect because this was the first time I'd engaged on this level. It wasn't quite a date but it wasn't explicitly a hookup. I kind of halfway expected, even though he'd been very sweet, that I would go there and he'd be like, all right, let's do this and then you can leave. Uh, but that didn't happen. It was really nice. We talked for hours and hours and hours, very late into the night, two or three in the morning, just sitting and chatting. We then did canoodle a bit and I stayed the night. 
which is, and that was the first time that had ever happened too. So a very nice feeling on top of the world. And probably because of the emotions of the moment, I didn't realize until later. The next morning, I went back to my dorm, passed out for several hours because I hadn't gotten any sleep and woke up and remembered that I had said, you should come to my fraternity's party tomorrow with me. And he agreed. And I started to really panic about that because I was, again, sort of out. Most of my good friends knew. Other people, maybe, maybe not. I wasn't sure. Anytime you're at a party or anything, you worry about, like, the pictures. You know, what if I'm there? What if he's in a picture with me? It gets posted on Facebook. So my grandma sees it. And then she, oh, she knows I'm gay. So, and I wasn't sure I was ready for that yet. So I was in full panic mode. And I also, I believe, had some responsibilities for this party too. So it was sort of a hectic day. And with all of that, I just sort of brushed it away and was like, I can't, I can't do that. I can't engage with him. He, it turns out, he talked to me the next day, was ready to go. He had gotten all ready for the party, gotten dressed up, you know, sitting around waiting for me to call him. And I didn't. So, yeah. Naturally, he felt really not great about that. He was pretty upset because he had emotions and is a person. So it, that sort of soured everything and we didn't keep up our relationship after that. So for the next several years, I really beat myself up about that because it was so clearly my fault, something that I had ruined. You know, maybe we could have, even if we hadn't fully started dating, you know, maybe we could have fleshed out something better or, you know, had a chance to go on an actual date way earlier than I actually did. I kept drawing back on this and I kept coming back to it every time I had a failed date or, you know, high hopes with someone that I was going to start dating and then it fell through. It was like, well, if I hadn't fucked that up with Todd, then who knows where I'd be now. But it was it was something that I thought, you know, I'm going to keep doing this again unless I change my behavior. About five years later, I actually came across him again on Tinder and we matched up and started talking again. And it was, you know, just sort of pleasantries at first. And he asked me if I remembered him. I was like, thank goodness. Of course. Yes, I remember you. And just apologized profusely. All of this stuff that I'd built up about like how I felt so bad about that because it was you were so nice and no one had ever, you know, this was the first time I'd ever opened myself up as a gay man to another gay man as in any sort of dating-ish scenario. Again, it's hard to call it a date because we were sitting in a tiny dorm room doing nothing for a while until we were not doing nothing. But he, after I'd finished my apology tour, he was, his response was sort of surprised. Like, oh, I don't remember any of that, really. I remember us talking a lot and we had uh, fun. And I remember you, you know, coming over, but I thought we just sort of drifted apart. And so I was uh, sort of floored by that because I, it was such like a developmental moment for me, such like a touchstone that I kept coming back to that it, it sort of surprised me. And I realized that it's, even though it was something I was definitely in the wrong on, and I'm glad I was able to recognize my mistake and try and grow from it. I don't know that I necessarily had to be so hard on myself for so many years about it because you don't know how you're affecting other people. And for me, this was my first time trying to connect on this level with a boy. 
for him, he had been out, I think, for several years, and it was, you know, probably just another date. And so it wasn't as fundamental a building block of his dating history. To him, he just remembered us being, you know, having fun. It surprised me, and then the more I thought about it, I thought, yeah, you know, that actually isn't that surprising, because it's not, there's no real reason for him to have held that in such uh, high importance in his memory, because it was just, I kind of just blew him off. Wow. It's amazing how different someone else's version of the same events can be from our own. And so how did you feel after having beaten yourself up about this for years and years to suddenly find out that you were the only one who was thinking of it in that way? What was that like? I was so relieved in general. I think for a brief second after he said that I was maybe a little offended. (laughs) Like what, you weren't crushed by being turned down by me? (laughs) Just, Just for the briefest second because that's ridiculous. And then it was just relief because it was like, oh, he's not, you know, I didn't like cause deep damage to this person. I I didn't create these lasting scars. I just did a shitty thing to him that he happens to have forgotten. Whereas I took that experience and then attempted to cause very deep scars on myself uh, because I was, you know, sort of in the middle of a very deep and long depression at that time. And so that was a very... Uh, that was a lot of fuel for self-doubt and self-sabotage. Just that I'm, you know, I'm going to keep making this mistake. I can't help but fuck it up, even if I get a shot. And that was my, maybe my one shot. After building myself up out of that depression, which is thankfully long behind me now, I can, I can use that more as just a fundamental, this is something not to do. It's sort of a given because it's, that's like textbook shitty date behavior. It's just to agree to do something and then not follow up, not even to say, I don't want to do that anymore. But just as an experience, I've had to say, well, I've done that. I've been that shitty guy. I'm not going to do it again. Well done. Good for you. You made it a much harder lesson for yourself than perhaps it needed to be. But if it worked, then you've learned and you've grown and you've you've heard him say, this is not a problem. It wasn't as bad for me as it was for you, essentially. Yeah, this is one of those rare moments of closure you get on some... There's a lot of memories I think people have of just like, they'll remember it and just sort of cringe to themselves. They'll be like, why did I do that or say that? And this one, I actually got confirmation that he didn't even remember it. So that's that's such a burden lifted off of you, especially when it's something fundamental as like the first foray into dating. It was really a relief. But still, it was still something I was able to learn from, even though I didn't need to spend so many years uh, using it as a whip, just crushing myself over it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Are you tired of listening to the same playlists over and over again? Are you ready for something new? Discover the latest music from LGBTQIA musicians on Homoground. There's so much music ready for you to devour, like this song by Carl X. What are you waiting for? Visit homoground.com or search Homoground on your favorite podcast app. Same ground, different sound. You're on Homoground. So you connected with this guy again. Did you go out for a drink? Like after you'd after all these years and all of that, did, did you... Did you connect properly again? We did, yeah. We actually got to see each other again. Um, it was a, a socially distanced date, so not oh, wow. Recent. quite as exciting. Yeah, it was, it was recently. Um, it, sort of at the start of it all, it was very early where we were like, well, I guess we can meet up, but it's going to be a little weird. Um, and it was a little weird, but it was nice. Uh, it was really nice to see him again, and we there was a lot of catching up to do, but it also felt... I thought it felt just as natural as it did years ago, which is why it, I thought it worked so well when we were connecting back then. So it was a great experience, Aww. and I'm glad we got to, to see each other again. But no canoodling this time? No. Uh, we kept it distant. We mostly kept it distant. We might have ended with a little kiss, but <gasps> it's, it's fine. Oh, my. That's quite exciting. And will you see him again, hopefully? I, I'm hopeful about it. We'll see. It, things are a little difficult right now obviously but yeah no, let's let's not let's not overdo it i don't want to uh, jinx it by just in case he happens to hear this or anything like that yeah so, yet yeah. to be determined well that's very exciting i really hope it goes well and what a lovely story kind of i was gonna say a redemption tale but it you didn't even do anything that that needed redeeming to him anyway it was a self-redemption it was, it's like an over-redemption yeah, yeah. I, I did a lot of uh, pre-redemption work that maybe didn't need to be done but out of it, you have grown and blossomed and become an even better person. Well done, you. I thank you very much. I'd like to think so. What was it that kind of made you go for Grinder first? It seems odd to go from nothing at all straight to Grinder and then to Tinder rather than, if anything, to Tinder first to kind of meet some other human beings and kind of go, hello, this is me. I'm all soft and vulnerable. What made you go straight for the possibility of like, ah? scary stuff it was less of like a slow boil up to this point that i needed to find this connection and more of an explosion because i had so it was so deeply repressed in me it just sort of in the back of my mind and then as time went on i could ignore it less and less and less and it was that there was a time coming where it was you know if i want to live any sort of happy life i'm going to have to come out i'm going to have to live as gay or ignore it for the rest of my life, which was a genuine thought in my mind. I can just like marry a beard and it'll be fine. That, that was a whole scenario that I was prepared for. So it finally, it, I'm not ex exactly sure what the catalyst was that caused, it was seriously just a snap. I feel like where it was very suddenly, I was like, all right, I'm doing this. I need to know that this is actually who I am. So it was a trial by fire. And by fire, I mean dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, there's one we've not tried before. Just trial by dick. Turns out I'm into it. Can't blame you. It's all right, isn't it? Maybe it wasn't the smartest choice, but it did uh, achieve the desired outcome. And that's really all you can ask. You got where you needed to go. True. <laughs> With your first encounter, mm -hmm. was there anything in that scenario where you were like, oh, I shouldn't have done that, where you kind of beat yourself up too? Or was that, did that kind of go without a hitch, as it were? Well, I wouldn't say it went without a hitch. It was extremely awkward and very clumsy on my part because I was not prepared at all to have any sort of physical connection with a man. Um, but I didn't, I don't think I did anything wrong necessarily. And I was, I, I consider myself really very lucky in the sense that I foolishly went on an app, found a person was like, you're cute. Do you want to come over? And he was like, yep. And was actually very sweet and probably could have been a lot meaner for how clumsy and awkward and unprepared I was, but he wasn't. And I never, that was our only, I never saw him, heard from him again after that. But I, I remember him fondly because of that, because he was uh, actually very nice. I mean, it could have been disastrous if it was someone who was like really not that way. If it was, if they'd made some like snide comment that would have been devastating to me, probably. How was the party in the end? I, hmm, probably a bit of a shit show. It was a, <laughs> it was a frat party and those are fine <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't really remember. I think I maybe was someone in charge of doing something, either bringing something or making sure that people weren't, you know, getting alcohol poisoning, doing something where I could distract myself enough to not worry about him the whole night. And, you know, is he sitting there waiting for me? And I sort of just put it to the back of my mind saying I can't do that, which is what I did for many years anyway with my sexuality. That was that was my pre coming out deal. I was deeply, deeply repressed to where it was I kind of knew that I was gay. In high school, I think I watched gay porn plenty. But I think if you asked me on a lie detector test, I would have been able to pass it because it was so I was so able to compartmentalize it. So I think that was probably what I did that night was just put that in a bubble in the back of my head and was just like, this is any normal party. Wow. And did you ever come out to your frat bros? I did. Yeah. I mean, that was so not super important to me. I mean, there I had a lot of good friends there. And so, but it was never an issue of whether, you know, I thought they were going to treat me well or not. You know, it was just, they were sort of the test subjects to where I just, I didn't even come, I didn't sit anyone down and say, I'm gay. I just sort of would say things that a gay man would say, like, I want to have sex with that man. And then they would recognize that I said that and that I'm gay. So it was after that, that I was able to come out officially to my family which wasn't, again, wasn't like a sit-down intervention or anything. It was me running into my parents' bedroom in the middle of the night and saying, hey, I'm gay. <laughs> and then being like, yeah, okay. It was, uh, it was highly anticlimactic. Maybe that's for the best. Not everything needs to be a big dramatic <gasps> moment. So, you know. Yeah, no, I, I never really expected it would be either. It was just, it's, you spend so many years building up something as being a secret that it's hard to tell it even if it's not a big deal and actually not that much of a secret. For a lot of us, we think we're doing a much better job of hiding it than we really are at that age. That's my favorite joke to tell, my favorite punchline, is to mention anything I did as a child or in high school and then say no one knew I was gay because <laughs> all of them point to me definitely being gay.
But look at you now. Yeah, still gay. <laughs> what advice would you have for anyone in a similar situation who maybe it wasn't their first date, but maybe it's been a, a, a recent date or something? Like, oh, no, it always goes wrong. It's always my fault. Ah. What would you say to someone in that kind of position? I would say, first of all, if it is a concrete thing that you recognize that you did, that you think was not fair to the other person, if you're still in contact with them, apologize, because that's always better for both people. I think it's something that they probably deserve and something that you need to do to feel better. And secondly, I would say if it was something you did, or even if it's just a feeling that you have that it's you always mess it up, try and pinpoint something down to say, this is something I'm not going to do again, and that I'm going to consciously make an effort. Because I think that's really what anyone wants when they're on a date with someone is this person is making an effort to try and be kind to me and show me who they are and treat me with respect. I think that's very fundamental to anything working. So it, as long as you're trying and trying your best, you might make some mistakes. You 100% will, actually. But it's not worth beating yourself up about it as long as you recognize them, can fix them, and move on from them, and also pay enough apologies and respect to the person that you maybe have hurt. That's a that's a very a very kind of self-aware thing. It's lovely. Well done you. Thank you. I'll have to write it down and put it on a pillow or something. I mean, well done you for beating yourself up unnecessarily for years, but also for now realizing that you don't have to. Yeah, no, it's not you don't have to do that. You just as long as you recognize it, the consciousness of knowing that you are not doing everything you can to be the best you for someone else is, I think, enough. The effort is what counts, as long as you're constantly making that effort. That sounds reasonable to me. You also have a podcast out there in the world, because everyone does now. That's what we'll, that's what everyone did over lockdown. But you and I both got our podcast in started early. We were doing it before it was cool. So your podcast is called Queeks, as in Queer Geeks? Yes, that's right. The Queer Geek Podcast. It's all about queer culture and geek pop culture. We sort of started it as this idea of me and my co-host, Ben. We thought, you know, we're both friends, we're geeks, we're also very gay, but we don't know a lot about queer culture or pop culture because it's just hasn't been in our wheelhouse. So every week we geek out a little bit. We'll talk about maybe some, some new superhero movie, and then we watch something new or old in the queer catalog and try and learn from it. So it's a lot of fun. And I feel like anyone on any sort of spectrum, whether you're queer or not, or geeky or not, could probably find something to enjoy there. Awesome. And what are your personal highlights so far? I would say we did a double feature episode that was a lot of fun, where we actually went to the theater and back-to-back -back saw Cats and Star Wars Episode Nine. which... Jesus, that's a lot of time It, it was a lot of time. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't say wasted because Star Wars, as geeks and as very big Star Wars, fan, Star Wars fans, the both of us, we needed to see it. And Cats was akin to a psychedelic experiment, uh, experience, <laughs> rather, uh, where it was just, uh, there was nothing quite like it. And I'm glad I saw it, even if it wasn't good in any way. So that, that would be my, uh, my favorite episode that we've recorded so far. But excellent. And you can find it wherever you found this podcast, just by searching Queeks, the Queer Geek Podcast. Is that right? That's right. And we are at Queeks Podcast on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Cody B. Raps. 
C-O-D-Y-B-R-A-P-S. I'm going to try to get Ben to do so as well. Oh, should, I should have, maybe, should I have plugged his handle too? If he wants to plug his here. handle, he can come do it himself. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Which sounds like a euphemism, but, you know. Yeah. Either way, if Everything you want your handle be. plugged, you've got to do it yourself. You can't rely on someone else to do it for you. That was Probably True, the multi-award-winning storytelling series written and produced by me, the multi-award-winning Scott Flashheart. It was designed to remind all of my queer siblings that we are none of us alone. You can find links, transcripts of every episode, and all that good stuff at probablytruepodcast.com. If you enjoyed or found value in anything you've heard today, you can support the show on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash probablytrue. And if you want to get in touch, just search Probably True Podcast on the socials. This week's Patreon subscribers are Joshua Tang, who would never just leave your messages on red, and... Elizabeth Kennedy, who is so wonderful that her very presence in your life means you must be doing something right. Get your very own Patreon compliment just by signing up at patreon.com forward slash probably true. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.